4: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grids Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening.
3: And Listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences.
5: It's, it's the best stretch
3: forever, best forever!
4: And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Snaffle. I am Greg Sussman. What's happening, Frankie?
6: Hey, happy Monday, or at least I hope it's a happy Monday for you. A lot of fun fantasy football this past weekend, but a lot of disappointment as well. And we'll get into all of that, Greg. But before
4: that, how'd you sleep, buddy? Slept really well last night. Uh, it was funny. Because last night during Sunday Night Football, I had some friends over. We played Settlers of Catan. You know that game?
6: Or no? still have no idea. Okay? I know that you play it. I don't right. know anything about it. We
4: played Settlers of Catan while watching Sunday Night Football. And it was, it was all in the background. I've never seen Judy just so engaged in a game. Just sitting on the couch, just like staring at it. Like <laughs> I'm at the kitchen table, and she's just like, Huh, did you know Matt LeFleur was in Kyle Shanahan's wedding? I'm like, no. I did not know that.
6: had a lot of fun facts and like that last she night. She was
4: giving me all these facts from the other side of the room. Like, what is happening right now? And then she was really, really angry at how the result turned out for her. It's not great. Or, not so much.
6: I'm going to guess that she was either an Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones owner, or
4: both. Aaron Jones it was.
6: Yeah. Ugh. Not a great game last night for the Packers, honestly. She only needed to watch the first half because wasn't really competitive in the second half. At least Devontae Adams... Scored his first touchdown, Greg, in week 12. All right!
4: Let's go. Let's go. Javante Adams not letting any fantasy owners down all season long. Next topic. Okay. <laughs> it, was a fun, uh, it was a fun day of football throughout the day yesterday. Uh, how did you sleep?
6: I slept very well. I got in bed a little bit earlier last night, right after the Sunday night football game ended. I was very tired. It was, it was a long weekend, Greg. Not
4: that early. It was midnight. Well, it's early for
6: me. <laughs> what time you could yeah. to We'll talk about it later. All right. That was, Usually it's... later than midnight.
4: Okay. Yeah. That was like a secret question. All right. Uh, fine. So, yeah. So, a lot of good stuff uh, yesterday. And I want to start out. I know it's a weird spot because I think they're a very boring team and I'll never actually choose to watch them. Uh, I want to start out with the Tennessee Titans, man. Because Derrick Henry, Like I, we not beat around it, but... I mentioned the last couple of weeks that Derrick Henry, like, unheralded. Nobody really wants him in drafts because he doesn't catch passes. They they don't utilize him enough. They're not fun. They're not sexy. And this guy's unreal, particularly against the Jaguars. But he's unreal, man. And I got to ask, I know Derrick Henry won people matchups yesterday. But I got to ask, where should he go next year?
6: That is a good question, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say it's format-dependent if you play in non-PPR. Please don't. Please don't say that. If you play in standard, he's a borderline first-round Nobody pick. plays in
4: standards. I don't I don't want to know that.
6: But in half-PPR, I mean, he still has a ton of value because everything he does on the ground, right? At some point, we have to take the L. We, as a fantasy industry, Communi- community. there was not a lot of people outside of Eric Young who were on Derrick Henry this year because A, many people play in PPR leagues, Greg, and B, Derrick Henry does not catch a lot of passes. Now, you could still have fantasy success while not catching passes, but this is basically the optimal scenario for Derrick Henry right now. I mean, he is hitting his 95th percentile projection based on what he's doing right now, just rushing in terms of his yardage totals and what he's doing on the ground, and... Look, Deion Lewis does not have much of a role on this team, Greg. When they get inside the red zone, it's all Derrick Henry. You know, while Ryan Tannehill has been very good for fantasy football purposes, this is a running football team, Greg. They want to play defense. They want to run the football. That's exactly what they do. So I think next year, he's probably a second-round pick. Maybe a borderline first-round
4: pick. But I feel like he should be that second-round pick. Yep. Once again, nobody wants you're right. You're, you're going right. yeah. to look at Derrick Henry. I'm going to take Derrick Henry. But here's the thing. next year, Everyone's going to say, oh, but regression, touchdown regression. There's no way he could score this many touchdowns. But here's the thing. So last year, when Derrick Henry broke out, finally the second half of the year, he wound up finishing with 1,059 yards and 12 touchdowns. He will break over that 1,059 mark next week in week 13. The touchdowns, 12 last year, he'll probably finish with around, let's say, 14 this year. What, where, what's the regression? He did the same thing last year that he's doing this year. He's in the prime of his career on a team that only runs the football. There's nothing wrong with Derrick Henry. It's a guy that you can feel confident in. Fine if it's not sexy. Fine if, you know, there's going to be some admittedly duds in, during the schedule. We can send him anybody. Hell, Devontae Adams didn't have a touchdown until this week, as you just kindly noted. Derrick Henry, man, what a year. Yeah,
6: it's been a great season. Again, he loves playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you're right. I'm not saying that I'm going to be one of those people who's just screaming out, you know, regression, and you can't target Derrick Henry because he doesn't catch passes, Greg. In full PPR leagues, he is still the RB7 overall.
4: Here's the thing with he Derrick is Henry. He's a top 10 running back. Here's the thing. And he doesn't catch passes. There's only been three games all season. Three! Where he didn't score a touchdown. Three! In one of those games... He ran 27 times for 100 yards. Okay, that's cool. Let's move on. Two duds. Two legit duds this year. You know what? No. One legit dud this year. Because, well, eh, I'll make it two because he lost a fumble on that one. Two legit, legit duds. 16 for 75 against the Bucks, And then the real bad one, 15 for 28 against the Broncos. And I get it. There's no supplementing it because it's not catching any passes. So what you see is what you get. So that 27 for 100... It's exactly 10 points, right? Like, there's nothing. All right, he had an eight-yard catch. Fine. So it's 11 points. There is no supplementary value there. But if your floor, for the most part, is 10 points, okay, we'll take it. You want it as your RB, two? I understand the hesitation. I understand the trepidation. Eric Henry's good, man. He's, He's a good running back.
6: He's ridiculous. Six foot three, 250 pounds. The guy is still just 25 years old. He has the pedigree, Greg. He was a great player in college as well. And the explosiveness. You know, as a player that big, he's built like a linebacker, but he moves like a running back, which is crazy. You don't normally see that type of combination of skill set in one player, specifically a running back. So I'm with you, man. It's hard to argue against him at this point.
4: Take a break. When we come back, the others, the winners, the losers, and eh, from week 12 around the NFL.
2: In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to the Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search
3: to find the greatest games of all time.
4: With you here on the BFF's rocking and rolling on a Monday. It's Monday, that's good. We got a good game tonight, which is rare. Happy Monday to you! I mean, a lot going on. Uh, a lot going on. I was telling Frank during the break, or before the show started, got a lot to do tonight. Got a lot of laundry to do, got to do our pre Thanksgiving stuff. I found out last night, or this morning rather, that Judy's like taking off on Wednesday and going home tomorrow. So I gotta like end it for myself for dinner the next couple nights. <laughs> All right, I didn't see that coming. Well,
6: thanks for the update, Judy.
4: Yeah, like she literally bought dinner. She's like, "All right, wait, I'm not gonna be here." Like, what?
6: So, there you've that. either a
4: got to cook for yourself or b buy something. No, I'm gonna cook for myself. I don't
6: want yeah. to spend the money. Forty McNugget challenge.
4: No, dude. Sure, you don't want to try it tomorrow? I'm gonna um. It's never too late, Craig. I'm make taco night, uh, taco Tuesday, taco Tuesday, for- taco Tuesday. For myself. All right, That's depressing. What do you
6: do on Thanksgiving usually? How do you, do you divvy up the time? Like half the day at Judy's
4: house, half the day at Robbie Suss's house. So this is the thing, right? Like, yeah. thankfully my mom moved to Florida because, like, you got three families you got to deal with. Yeah, that would have been right. A, that's um, fun. The last yeah. two years, so we used to separate because, you know, we weren't married. But the last two years. Well, you wouldn't,
6: like, go to one house together and then go yeah. to another house together? She would go home and i go
4: home. Really? Yeah. Even dating for as long as you were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But Learn. last year, uh, her parents went to my dad's. This year, her parents are coming to my dad's, so all good. All right, get everybody under one roof. Right. Next year, she told me there's going to be an issue. I'm like, oh god. Uh oh, worry about this already.
6: Yeah, starting last year, King and I just started to dinner at her house, dessert at my parents.
4: Oh, that's cool. I can't, works I, out well. I can't do that. I get to hang out there for the rest of the night, just watch football. I can't. I can't do that one of the my, my dad lives in Jersey and her parents live in Philly.
6: Quite the issue there, Greg.
4: Yeah. So at some Good point, luck, buddy. you know, at some point, I'll get a house and just invite everybody. But that part, that uh that day, is not anytime soon.
6: <laughs> Greggy with the house, not anytime soon. Fred. Not anytime soon. No, no, no. I mean, come on, you must have made out all right with the wedding.
4: I haven't opened a gift yet. Going, going towards the uh the, I've, the I've, house fund, probably. But I have not opened a single gift yet. All right. See, so just so, you, just in case you were wondering. Yeah. I'm not. Find opened my me. yet. You
6: know. <laughs> Take your time, bud. <laughs> Open it up around, uh, you know, Hanukkah, Christmas. Give yourself an extra gift. Probably will. (laughs)
4: There you go. All right. With that, uh, when I open those gifts, I'll be a winner. Who else is a winner? And a loser. And eh. This weekend, we tell you right now.
3: The BFFs presents winners. I won. I won. You're a winner. Losers. You suck. You are one pathetic loser. And... (laughs)
7: Eh? Oh, man. I have no idea what's going on.
4: Let's get right back into it, Frank. I want to stay with this Titans-Jags game. A rare place to start, I know. But Ryan Tannehill only threw the ball 18 times. Pretty good. Two touchdowns, including one to the phenomenal A.J. Brown. Four for 135, including a beastly 65-yard score. He finished those 135 yards. Next highest total receiver, Corey Davis with 29. Not very good, Greg. No, Frank. We have very clear winners
6: in this Titans game. We already spoke about Derek Henry continuing to get it done from a fantasy perspective and a real-life perspective, if we're being honest. But Ryan Tannehill, man, since this guy has become the starter, at least 19 fantasy points in all five of the starts that he has made Two passing touchdowns yesterday. Two rushing touchdowns over the last three games. He is averaging 38 rushing yards per game as well. So they're getting him, you know, out of the pocket a little bit, making plays with his legs. He has that athleticism, Greg. If you told me before the season that OC Arthur Smith would be the one to get the most out of Ryan Tannehill, I would have told you you were crazy. Of course, but AJ Brown too, man. Four for 135, one touchdown, five targets. All four of those receiving numbers, the receptions, yards, touchdowns, and targets, led the Titans yesterday, Greg. He is very easily the number one wide receiver for this team. Jonu Smith, very big loser, did not come through even without Delaney Walker. Corey Davis, also a loser. Can't make it work with Tannehill, Mariota, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Corey Davis, you are a loser. When it comes to Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Ryan Tannehill, very big winners, Greg. I think that they're going to end up winning people a lot of fantasy football championships based on that upcoming schedule as well.
4: On the other side, big winner, Leonard Fournette, caught nine passes yesterday for 62 Twelve yards. targets. And then rushed for another 97 yards. Another Jags were in comeback mode all game. Leonard Fournette doesn't come off the field. He was awesome yesterday. A monster, monster winner. Another winner, your guy, man. It's Dee Westbrook, 8-for-69, 9 targets. You called this one. I wanted to bench it for Sterling Shepard. I was wrong. Nice job, Frankie. Yeah, 9 targets
6: yesterday for D.D. Westbrook was tied for second on the team with Chris Conley, and all of the Jaguars' pass catchers are going to be in play next week when they face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' secondary, of course. Uh, everybody succeeds against the Bucs except Matt Ryan, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Greg, Leonard Fournette, nine receptions, 12 targets. Those were both career highs from yesterday. First time in his career career he has had double-digit targets in a game. Doug Marone said last week that he was going to get Leonard Fournette back involved. They were going to feed the beast. That's exactly what they did. 33 touches for Leonard Fournette in this game. Some positive touchdown regression. He falls
4: into the end zone twice in this game yesterday, Greg. Absolutely. He was awesome uh, yesterday. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, and for fantasy owners getting you into the fantasy players. Playoffs. DJ Char, you want to call him a loser or eh? I think this
6: is an ass situation. I heard some people talk about, oh, well, it it took uh, took one game for Nick Foles to remember that D.D. Westbrook is is his go-to guy. guy. But... With that upcoming schedule, man, the Bucks next week, I, I, I forgot off the top of my head who they have, but uh, it's it's good matchups for Nick Foles and the passing attack. Whether it's him, whether Gardner or Minshew, I know they were talking earlier today about a potential quarterback change. Either way, they've got some really good matchups coming up. I am not worried about DJ Tark's targets being down in this game, Greg. He is good enough to the point where even if the targets are down a little bit, he will be able to make the most of it.
4: Chark and the Chargers have, uh, sorry, Chark and the Jaguars have Tampa Bay as you mentioned next week. Yep. And the fantasy playoffs is the Chargers, the Raiders, the Falcons.
6: Okay, so the Chargers not great against Casey Hayward, but, but it's okay if you're like for the Raiders, Raiders and Falcons, great.
4: Dee D. Westbrook in the slot though, love it. I love it. I'm interested, man. I'm, I'm really interested in that one. Um, let me go to the big game from yesterday. That was the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. It was kind of a stinker. It was 13-9. Both teams were predictably not good. Bad weather and, and whatnot. Um, Dallas, uh, many people predicted them to win outright. And they had a good chance if it wasn't for the clapper, Greg.
6: But at least they're number one at something, and that is, of course, clapping on the sidelines, not being aggressive late in this game. I
4: couldn't believe it. Man.
6: How do you give the really ball back to really the, the page? Like,
4: what, what are you what doing, are you doing? Garrett, what are you doing?
6: What are you doing? But you know what I did do? As soon as I saw the way that this game started, Greg, and the weather, yeah. and how much running was happening, I texted our guy Window Will over at the Meadowlands Sportsbook. I said, "Dude, you got to hit the under for me here. Put in the bet for me." So I hit on that. I did have a little bit sprinkled on the money line, so that didn't. Do work
4: you think out. Window Will just all day? Gets texts from people. Yes, he does.
6: Okay. And I actually texted him. I'm like, dude, if I ever annoy you and you don't want to do this, just tell me, and I'm perfectly fine with it. Okay. Because I feel like I bother him a lot, (laughs) but I'm not the only one, so uh, shout out to Window Will, one of our producers over at the Meadowlands Sportsbook, Uh, but Greg, yeah, I mean, look, it was a uh, stinker of, of a performance specifically for Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, and Kind of gives you some pause for the Cowboys passing attack moving forward because Dak Prescott has had a lot of really good games, Greg, but they came in really good matchups. On Thanksgiving, he will face off against the Buffalo Bills. He's got some other tough matchups coming up here for Dak Prescott, for Amari Cooper. I don't know if Amari Cooper is still banged up. He still played a ton of the snaps yesterday, but Stephon Gilmore is that good. Just two targets for Amari Cooper left with a donut. One of, if not the biggest loser from Week 12 is Amari Cooper indeed. Like how about Randall Cobb, man? Leading this team and receiving sure. seven targets in each of the past four games, at least seven targets in each one of those games. The receptions have been there. The receiving yards have been there. Again, tough matchup coming up against the Buffalo Bills, but Randall Cobb has been really the, the lone consistent bright spot for this uh, Cowboys passing attack. Ezekiel Elliott, very good yesterday. Like I told you he would be. I, I'm not really worried about Ezekiel Elliott. 21 carries for 86 yards, even chipped
4: in with four receptions for 40. So, Zeke? Not worried. No, Zeke Zeke does his thing. They clearly wanted to get him going yesterday, uh, and they did. He finished those runs uh, very, very strong yesterday. Amari Cooper, man, that cost people playoff spots. Uh, A monstrous loser. Dude, what happened with James White, too? Yeah. On the other side. Mega dud yesterday. Two
6: carries for five yards, three targets. And it was a good matchup because the Cowboys were allowing a ton of receptions and receiving yards to running backs so far this season. So, Tony Michel, season, uh his most snaps, 35 snaps since week six. 20 carries for 85 yards. He ran efficiently, didn't get in the end zone. Of course, didn't catch any passes, but a good game for Tony Michelle. Real, real clunker for James White.
4: Julian Edelman wasn't 100%, but still gave the 8 for 93 winner there. Solid game. And think you were desperate with Nikhil Harry, scored touchdowns, so it wasn't a it from him. Ed Watson, Greg.
5: Oh. <laughs>
3: I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time.
2: In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
0: Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports.
1: Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then...
0: Well, we sent you on your jolly way
1: yeah
0: i'm tony cam brown a tech culture and f1 commentator
1: i'm michael costa comedian daily show correspondent
0: and we're back with season two because as it turns out f1's newest fan is still a little
1: dazed and confused
0: join us for season two of choosing sides f1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports
1: who makes money here? what's cfd how do you manage a tire You get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod?
0: Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it.
4: Welcome in. If you're watching us on Pluto TV, channel 517. Pleasure to have you here. you remember when you put your money where your mouth is. Take a shot. That was loud. are offering a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. A free bet of up to $500 bucks when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. You have point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports you're in control, go to fanduel.com grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. And if you have a gambling problem, call 800 gambler 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details.
6: Greg, it only took about 10 years of your broadcasting to- career to figure out, sometimes a little loud. I heard it. Yeah. It was loud. Finally learned. Better really? late than never, man. I guess so,
4: man. <laughs> I mean, maybe I should really talk quieter. All right. Learn something new. No,
6: but the thing is, your range is just too far, because sometimes you'll whisper into the well, mic gonna, like this, and then like, you'll go, yo!
4: Right, so it's like, I'm trying to, like, this is obviously my normal voice, right? It's your and normal voice, and I, and yeah. I talk to you like this all the time, regularly. It's alright
6: to get excited, you know, sure. sometimes you raise it up a little bit. Right. But it's like, this is I'm just reading acceptable a, broadcast
4: excitement, Greg Sussman <laughs> broadcast excitement. I've literally been told that <laughs> since I graduated college. That's kind of the issue.
6: Alright, well. And then, and then when Greg likes to
4: whisper, it's down here acceptable broadcast whisper, a little up here. So the bad news is I can't go to Greg excitement levels uh, over my man Bo, but I can't get to the whisper because it wasn't that bad either. So I'll just talk in my normal voice for Bo Scarborough and the Lions. They fell on the Washington football team 19-16. to 16. Uh, Big Bo, Frank, it wasn't a dud. It wasn't a loser. I don't feel horrible about it because he rushed six, 18 times, 98 yards. He'd fumble, which sucked. But Bo, not awful. I'm actually more encouraged than you are. Winner? Over
6: 50% of the snaps, 18 carries, ran efficiently over 5 yards per carry. Goes up against the Chicago Bears uh, on Thursday night football. I, I expect a lot of running in that game because Jeff Driscoll, what do you know? Not good. Three <laughs> interceptions against Washington. Although. Washington's defense,
4: not good. Although, of the interceptions, one got? was just like a, a deep heave or whatever. One Don't one make was, excuses for Jeff Driscoll. I <laughs> wasn't was as bad as numbers say.
6: Regardless, so. Jeff Driscoll. Not a great quarterback, so I think that Bo Scarborough's is going to be in a position to once again see fifteen plus carries on Thanksgiving while you're getting ready to eat your turkey, drink your beer, drink your apple cider, whatever you want to drink and eat. Bo Scarborough will be on in the background, dominating
4: the Chicago Bears. Game. I hope so, man. I'll be on a boat on my way to my dad's house, so he's on a boat. You're right. So I'll have red zone like this, and I'll be like, or I'll have I guess uh, CBS or Fox like this, and be like, bo oh, bo 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 bo. All you've got to do, Greggy is Bo leave? He was right. very good. He was good. Uh, the rest of the Lions, whatever, nothing really to speak of here. Washington football team, they get it done, and you ranked very similarly Bo Scarborough and Darius Geis. Bo rushed for almost 100 yards. Darius Geis did not.
6: No, he didn't, Greg. I have Darius Geis in the eh situations. Really? Maybe even a loser. He's a loser, dude. He, he did lead the team in snaps. 43% of the snaps yesterday what for Washington. What about But, yeah, tied with Adrian Peterson. What are we still doing with Adrian Peterson? What more do you need to see? Adrian Peterson, you have had a phenomenal career. Much like Frank Gore, you have been a thorn in the side of running backs the past couple of years. But the time has come. Let's see what we have in Darius Geis. Let's see him play with Dwayne Haskins for most of the game. If you're lucky, Washington, and for the fans out there, this is going to be your tandem of the future, right? Dwayne Haskins, Darius Guy, Terry McLaurin. Those are lucky? That's what you want to be yeah, your team of the future.
4: I don't know how lucky that is. Well,
6: look, you you uh you, you put as much draft capital into those three spots as you sure, did, then sure. I'm I'm sure you're hoping that it does turn out to be those three that are leading the team into uh the, the next phase of success there in Washington. I don't even know if that's possible. thanks, But so. Come on, man. Let's get Darius Geist more work here. I was excited about him in this matchup. It was a good matchup against Detroit. He didn't come through. Not much usage in the passing game either, Greg. Uh, Just two targets for Darius Geist, one reception. He had the receiving touchdown last week, so it's an eh. Probably more of a loser. You're right. Terry McLaurin, though, Greg, I actually thought he was a winner, man. Twelve targets. They force-fed him. Five for 72. Had a wide-open touchdown. And then Dwayne Haskins reminded us that he stinks! But I do like the fact that we saw 12 targets for Terry McLaurin in this game and the fact that he was targeted in the red zone. So I I would consider him a winner.
4: I would also consider Terry McLaurin a winner here in this game. You mentioned before Frank Gore. So let's go to Buffalo. As the Buffalo Bills uh, were able to defeat Denver 20-3, to they dominated this one. Speaking of domination, big winner, 7 Singletary, 21 carries in this ballgame. 106 yards on the ground. In fact, the entire rushing attack was good. Frank Gore gave you 15 carries for 65 yards. Josh Allen rushed the ball uh, nine times for 56 yards. You know Josh Allen takes advantage of these subpar matchups. He, he or the subpar opposite teams, I should say. And the Bills did just that uh, on Sunday.
6: I was really encouraged by Josh Allen in this game from a fantasy perspective because he showed that he can still provide value in tougher matchups. Denver, really strong secondary. Josh Allen still threw for two touchdowns yesterday, 7.4 yards per attempt. Very solid, and again, adds that floor because of his rushing ability. Nine rushes for 56 yards. You know, If you play in a four-point passing touchdown league, four or six, it doesn't matter. 56 rushing yards basically equates to another touchdown, so... I mean, if he's a traditional quarterback, he's throwing four, three touchdowns in this game against the Denver Broncos. So that that's a really nice performance from him from a fantasy perspective. I know he faces Dallas on Thursday on, uh, in Week 13 here, but I'm I'm not worried moving forward about the matchups when it comes to Josh Allen. Greg, you're right about Devin Singletary. 71% of the snaps. He's been over 60% of the snaps each of the past four weeks. 21 carries, 106 yards. I wish that he would get more involved in the past game, but... We've seen this now with Josh Allen. When his when he goes through his reads, his progressions, and people are not open down the field, instead of him checking down, he actually just takes off and runs himself. So it's good for his fantasy value, not necessarily great for Devin Singletary. And shout out to Frank Gore, man, moving into third place on the all-time rushing leaders list. I know a lot of people are going to debate whether or not he's a Hall of Famer just because he's an accumulator. Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer. To continue doing this at his advanced age, he's in his mid-30s, Averaging 4.3 yards per carry in a game on 15 carries. At this stage of his career, really, really impressive. Great job by Frank Gore.
4: John Brown the, found the end zone, which was important to save his day there. I guess the touchdown, uh, which was big. On Cole the,
6: Beasley, we'll talk about him tomorrow on the waiver Wire show will. as well. We will. 6 for
4: 76 Yes, uh, yesterday. he did really good as of late. Cole Beasley, as reliable as they come. Bye weeks are over, though, so we'll see what kind of room you have for Cole Beasley uh, in your starting lineup. On the other side for Denver, uh, I thought Phillip... So, Here's my takeaway. Philip Lindsay was a winner in this game. 13 for 57, but Royce Freeman did nada. Nada. And I know they were coming back the whole game, so Lindsay was in there. I thought it was interesting to note nonetheless, Frank. You
6: know what's crazy? Philip Lindsay had 14 touches, and Royce Freeman had four. Yes. If you had to guess what their split was in terms of snap percentage, Greg, what would you say?
4: 70-30?
6: 70-30. How about this? Royce Freeman, 56% of the snaps. Philip Lindsay, 54%. would have got that wrong. Royce Freeman had more snaps. He just wasn't used when he was on the field. Weird. It's very weird. But uh, he Phil was... Lindsay no longer a winner. We'll go no, I go to the A category. I would. I would say that he is a winner though because he still is being used more. Past, uh, the last week. They came out and said that they wanted Philip Lindsay to be the guy that they were going to lean on him a little bit more. While the snaps don't represent that here, the touches certainly do. 14 touches for Philip Lindsay, just four for Royce Freeman. This was a good matchup for Lindsay, but unfortunately, uh, the rest of the play on offense, in terms of Brandon Allen and pretty much everybody else involved, really limited his upside in this spot. So I wanted to like Philip Lindsay for the stretch run heading into the fantasy football playoffs here, Greg, but. I think that his upside will be capped, whether it's Brandon Allen who's the quarterback. They're talking about Drew Locke potentially taking over as the quarterback here. Uh, And it affected Cortland Sutton as well. Eight targets, you love to see that, but only one reception for 27 yards. We knew it was a tough spot for both him and John Brown. John Brown was the one who could overcome the bad matchup. Cortland Sutton just could not get it done, Greg. Brandon
4: Allen was so bad, man. He was very bad.
6: I think they probably go to Drew Locke
4: if not next week, the week after. We'll see Drew Locke certainly start games yeah. uh, this year for the Denver Broncos. Let's go next. Where did I want to head next? I wanted to go to... Oh, the one thing I wanted to mention with Dallas, by the way, I wonder how many people won their matchups based on Michael Gallup's catch at the end of the game where there was one second left. And Tom Brady's like, what, the, what do you mean there's one second left? And Dak just threw it to Gallup. I was like, oh, my God. People won fantasy matchups on this.
6: And it would it would be even crazier if it had been, you know, like primetime, a Sunday or Monday night, like just ending yeah. the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. People would just have that last thing playing over and over in their mind. I'm sure that that's going to be something that swings a lot of fantasy matchups. It happens every single week. It's crazy.
4: Here's what I definitely wanted to mention, and that was the emergence of Benny Snell yesterday for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers won 16-10. Game went under the number here. Um... As everybody knew it would. What they didn't know is that there would be a, a five man committee seemingly <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was sitting next to Alex downstairs, our producer, and I was like, "Who's this guy running the ball?" And he just named somebody. I go, "I don't, I don't think that's and true." And I
6: guarantee you, look, if he, if Alex is down there and wants to pick up a headset and tell me otherwise, I will not believe him one bit. There's no way he knew who Kareth White was. Kareth he did it. White, he did it. He said he did not Spelt with a Y. W H Y T E Kareth White. Greg, I tweeted about a quarter into this game yesterday that there were three Steelers running backs with carries, none of which were named Jalen Samuels. So this was just crazy. You didn't know uh, what was going to happen. And and that's what we said last week, Greg. If you remember, you asked me, what are you having trouble with most in terms of rankings this week? And I said the Steelers running backs. Because I didn't have any idea what it was going to be. I don't think anybody knew, right? Like, yeah, maybe someone guessed that it was going to be Benny Snell. But guess what? You had a one out of three... Check that one out so of four thought. chance of getting this one right. So if someone actually touted Benny Snell last week, shout out to you. He led this team in snaps. I did ask team in you carries. about
4: Benny Snell, and you are like,
6: okay eh. I looked full transparency. I did not want anything to do with this Steelers situation, Greg, because I, I didn't know who it was going to be. I ranked Jalen Samuel as the highest because it was a great matchup against Cincinnati, And last time we saw him play Cincinnati, he had all those receptions. I thought maybe we can get a similar game, but uh, Benny Snell plays the most snaps yesterday. He played 49% of the snaps. Jalen Samuels was second with 30%, but 21 carries for Benny Snell, 98 rushing yards, almost five yards a pop in this game. Not going to do anything as a pass catcher, but James Conner, see if he plays this week going up against Cleveland, a good matchup. Uh, and even if James Conner does go, there's a chance that he re-injures himself. So, talk about Benny Snell again tomorrow on the waiver Wire episode, but he's going to be a really popular pickup, and rightfully so, Greg.
4: James Washington had an 80-yard touchdown and saved his day. Tyler Boyd, squeaky wheeled, man. Gets a touchdown, 101 yards receiving. A lot more to talk about, including the Jets and a big one in New Orleans.
2: In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from
3: Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time.
6: Best friends forever live on the SportsGrid TV network. Frank Stample joined by Greg Sussman. A little technical difficulties
4: here with the microphone, but no issues here, Greggy. I'm on my two now. Nice job, everybody down there. Mic two. I realized that, like, you know, for months I have had my mic off.
6: Yeah. And I somehow t- I turned it off. You turned it off, and now you couldn't turn it back on. You can't turn it
4: on. I, I, I tried to turn it off, Danny, and I got it off.
6: Hey, Greggy, you broke a microphone. Guess what?
4: What? you You're fired. <laughs> issue for later now. People are not going to realize this like I just did. No, they're not going to. Oh, God. All right. Um, anyway,
6: so. Great job by you, though, Greg. Noticing very quickly. Yeah. You are one of the sharper tools in the shed.
4: Yeah, thank God it wasn't somebody else that was screaming. Shout out to Smash Mouth.
6: <laughs> Ain't the sharpest tool in- I got it. I got it. I got, I
4: got it. it. There you anyway, go. We all got it. We're, <laughs> all, we're all together. Yeah, if you, you know- were anybody else, I mean, you know. You know what I'm mad about? Blow up. You know what I'm mad about? What do you got? So I had a choice in my survivor playoff pool, which I'll talk about in a bit. I don't have much time left, but I'll try to. Um, I was choosing between Odell Beckham Jr. this week and, I was choosing, and Jarvis Landry. And I went with Odell because I took a, I, The other two wide receivers I chose this week were PPR guys, right? Was, I took Hunter Renfro and I took Jameson Crowder we'll get to the Jets in a second. I was like, you know what? Neither of those worked out. I'm sorry. Let me you. go with Odell over Jarvis. and I'll use Jarvis in our, in our playoffs. And I forgot, because we didn't harp on this all week. It was a revenge game for Jarvis Landry.
6: You should have read my rankings column on
4: Roto-Experts. I right? speak to you every day. I wrote
6: about the, the revenge game
4: for Jarvis Landry. So we joke a lot about the revenge game, and most of the time it doesn't matter and it's stupid. But there's certain players and there's certain organizations that actually care about this. That's Jarvis Landry, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Jarvis Landry was peppered yesterday, and rightfully so. 10 catches, 148 yards receiving, two touchdowns. He is Baker Mayfield's number one wide receiver. He looks to him more uh, than anybody else on this team. He was awesome yesterday. Odell wasn't bad, six for 84 and a touchdown himself. This was certainly the Jarvis Landry show.
6: And I heard on the way in this morning on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, shout out to those guys, that Jarvis Landry actually leads the Cleveland Browns in targets inside of the red zone and inside of the 10-yard line. So uh, when they get inside that part of the field, I think what has happened with Odell Beckham so far this season, Greg, is a lot like Julio Jones, right, where teams are focusing so much to take Odell Beckham away in that part of the field in the red zone in the in the 10-yard line, you know, uh once they get closer, you know, to the to the end zone there, that it's opening up more opportunities for Jarvis Landry. That's why you're seeing more and more touchdowns, more targets come his way. He has double-digit targets in 4 of his last 5 games. He has scored 5 touchdowns over the last 4 games. That is Jarvis Landry and Greg, since Kareem Hunt has made his debut with this team, this Cleveland Browns offense just looks different. I don't know if it's directly tied to him, it might be. He's playing a lot. They're using him as a pass catcher. Uh, they're getting creative, you know, using him as a wide receiver at times with Nick Chubb on the field. But for whatever reason, this offense is taking off. Baker is playing really well. Odell Beckham gets back in the end zone yesterday. First time since. He faced the New York Jets back in whatever it was, week two or week three. Week two. That he has scored a touchdown. It was still a good game for Odell Beckham, but it wasn't the Jarvis Landry type game. You're right. Jarvis Landry is the number one wide receiver on this team right you now. Mention
4: mentioned Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was awesome. 21 carries, 160 yards, had 58 yards receiving like the first quarter yesterday. Uh, Chubb was great. Kareem Hunt, they continue to involve him as much as possible. Uh, he's a winner as well. On the other side, Devontae Parker, I saw you tweeting about this, Frank. He's been great this year. The breakout is real. It happened. We're all witnesses. Another one.
6: Shout out to EY, man. Just got this completely right. I know that you know. It took him three years, but eventually he got it right. Took him three years, but you know, never give up. That's the moral of the story here when it comes to fantasy football. If you have your guy, stick with your guy, and eventually he will pay off for you, or maybe not. But in this case, for Devonte Parker, it did work out for EY. I know that a strategy that Eric Young had coming into the season was just drafting number one wide receivers on respective teams, uh, regardless of the situation. He did that with Cortland Sutton. That has worked out very well for him, Uh, and he did that with Devontae Parker, Greg. At least 56 receiving yards or a touchdown in 10 of 11 games for Devontae Parker this year since Preston Williams has gone down. He has double-digit targets in every single game. His next four matchups, the Eagles, who have played better against wide receivers recently, the Jets, the Giants, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Devontae Parker is going to win a lot of people championships this year in fantasy football, Greg. He's just 26 years old, and he is on pace for over 1,000 yards. Sometimes it takes a few years. Sometimes it takes a gunslinging quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick. But for whatever reason, Devontae Parker's potential is finally being unlocked.
4: Absolutely. Kalen Belage, uh, Kalen Belage had seven carries for 13 yards. I mentioned the New York Jets before Jameson Crowder and Hunter Renfro. Uh, those two did go at it yesterday, but it wasn't much going at it because the Jets decimated the Raiders 34-3. to Brooklyn... You know, this is one you should have seen coming also. The Raiders were 1-3 and three on the road this year. East Coast, 1 o'clock. Eric Carr
6: stinks in cold weather games. Their
4: season is on the line next week against Kansas City. You know, it's In be,
6: Kansas City. So you know it's going to be cold there, it's gonna too. Be, it's going to be raucous
4: there. And they never showed up to play yesterday.
6: No, they just didn't. Cross-country trip. And they spoke about this a lot on the broadcast, of course. You know, I, I have the setup. I have... My laptop with Twitter, I have the Jets open, and then I have Red Zone on the TV. So I'm watching the Jets, and they're talking about how much traveling the Raiders have had to do this season. Going to London, having all those games in a row where they're on the road. Now traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast to face the New York Jets. And it is an unfortunate situation, but it's nothing that they're not used to at this point. So, I mean, to just go into uh, MetLife yesterday and put up just three points against this Jets defense. The Jets defense is playing better, but... You're right, Greg. We probably should have seen this one coming. The Jets, really good at stopping the run. They took Josh Jacobs out of this game. They forced Derek Carr to try and make plays down the field. A ton of drops for their wide receivers yesterday and for Jalen Rashard. And the Jets just ultimately demolished him, man. Sam Darnold looked really, really good. Awesome. Sam Darnold is someone that you can legitimately start the next two weeks facing off against the Bengals and against the Dolphins. And he is going to... Get people into the fantasy playoffs and potentially win that that first round fantasy football playoff
4: matchup as well. Sure, absolutely. He is certainly somebody that you can start and with confidence. I think. Um, Robbie Anderson four for eighty six and a touchdown. Jameson Crowder.
6: Robbie Anderson, big winner, man. Touchdown in back to back games.
4: Crowder's an F for me. I know he he hurt me yesterday, but this wasn't his game type of thing, right? Like he still was targeted four times. Second, tied for sorry the third most on the team behind Robbie Anderson and Le'Veon Bell. He had an end zone target. didn't work out for him. I'm so confident in, in Jamison Crowder.
6: Yeah, especially the way that this offense is playing right now, the way Darnold was playing. I like Ryan Griffin. You expected maybe a bigger game, but he ends up scoring a touchdown. He was so open on that touchdown, Greg, he didn't know what to do. They just threw him a screen pass. Nobody even near him. He just like, him. What were the Oakland Raiders even doing on that play or in this entire game? Uh, you can you know, ask yourself that question, but Robbie Anderson, great again yesterday. Five targets, four for 86, and a touchdown. We just saw James Washington have a really long touchdown against the Bengals, Greg. Who's to say that Robbie Anderson can't do that again next week?
4: Sure. Why not? Why not? Exactly. Why not? Okay. Um... Moving on to the high-scoring games in the NFC South, yesterday the New Orleans Saints defeated the Carolina Panthers back and forth contest. Kyle Allen, man, much better than he has been. As great as Kyle Allen was yesterday, Joey Sly, Greg, <laughs> was not, not great,
6: Bob. You want to about losers? Oh my goodness! This guy's a loser. Has he been cut yet today? I don't think so. Oh my god, he missed extra points. He missed a. It's in a dome, a bro. Chipping. What was it, a twenty-yard field goal? To take the lead and he misses it? After that, you knew that the New Orleans Saints were gonna win that Obviously. game. Will Lutz, you know, has been one of the more clutch kickers in the NFL. Kyle Allen did play really well, and you can watch the FanDuel Hurry Up on the Sports Grid YouTube page as well, where I talk about waiver wire pickups. And if you need a streaming quarterback, Kyle Allen going up against Washington next week, Greg, these weapons that Kyle Allen has. They are really excelling his game. I understand over the past month that he was struggling, throwing more interceptions. But to do this against the New Orleans Saints in a divisional game, this was really impressive by Kyle Allen. And the Washington secondary has given up a lot of big games so far this season. Just a couple of weeks ago, Sam Darnold threw for four touchdowns against them. So I think Kyle Allen on the back of Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, one of the biggest winners yesterday, finally got off the, uh, the Julio Jones track and scored two touchdowns. DJ Moore was phenomenal, Greg. I uh, can't say the same about Curtis Samuel, but based on the weapons that Kyle Allen has, I think that he's going to be a pretty solid play next week against Washington.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think against Washington, is a really solid play um, in that matchup. I'm losing my words. I saw this tweet from Scott Barrett as well. Sure. Over the past
6: 20 games for Christian McCaffrey, I'll pull this up for you just so, uh, just so I get it done uh, done correctly. I, I got to do this this tweet some justice. Okay, over the last 20 full games for Christian McCaffrey, he has 3 games with 40 plus fantasy points, 10 games with 30 plus fantasy points, and 19 games with 17 plus fantasy points. Over the past 20 games, Greg, ridiculous. there has only been one game that he has had less than 17 fantasy points.
4: This is your first overall pick next year.
6: That is your first
4: overall pick. Uh, it's really hard to argue against that. Because on the other side, you had Alvin Kamara, who, you know, finished a great nine catches, 48 yards on the ground, had another 54 yards. There's Latavius Murray early and often for the Saints. He had a 26-yard touchdown run. I was hugging Alex in the control room when that happened. Um, Could have been in our lineup, Craig. <clears throat> I brought fun. him up to you. You did? I brought him
6: up to you in the morning. I said, you did. Can we start Latavius Murray? No, you did. And I said, no, I'm surprised. Let's start Sterling Shepard. I love the New York Giants. Didn't work, Greg. Frank, we won. I think the biggest issue for Alvin Kamara right now, Greg, is that the touchdown regression over the past two seasons is real. Finally hitting him. He has scored in one game this year, Greg. Oh, my God. How crazy is that? Nuts. He scored two touchdowns against the Seattle Seahawks back in week three. Alvin Kamara has not scored another touchdown the rest of the season. So I think people see the performance yesterday from Latavius Murray. He scores. But look, the receiving production for Alvin Kamara has still been phenomenal. The guy has at least nine targets in three straight games. He has at least eight receptions in three straight games. His pass game usage from a PPR perspective is great. And he should have scored a touchdown yesterday. I believe it was called out, called back. The same thing happened the week before. He has been scoring touchdowns, but they've been getting called back. So it's been some bad luck for Alvin Kamara. If anyone in your league is freaking out about him or from a dynasty keeper perspective, do not freak out. Everything is going to be fine for Alvin Kamara. Uh, I'm not worried, Greg. The pass game usage is still phenomenal for him.
4: Gary Cook... Three games in a row, man. He's gotten healthy and he's been on the bye. He's been great. Yeah, he has. Big winner. Big, big winner. He's used
6: in the red zone. He's a big body. You know, defenses are trying to take away Michael Thomas. Doesn't work. No. Look at his Twitter handle. You can't guard Mike. That is a factual statement. It's accurate. Jared Cook, though, I mean, when teams do try and double team Michael Thomas, it, it leads to more opportunities for Jared Cook. He has scored a touchdown in four of his last five games, Greg. In the one game, he didn't score a touchdown. He had 10 targets, he had 74 receiving yards. Jared Cook is a must-start tight end right now.
4: What happened to the Atlanta Falcons yesterday? They fell thirty-five to twenty-two. Matt Ryan threw the ball forty-six times, didn't have a touchdown. He had over hundred yards passing in the first quarter. Went out with two seventy-one. Uh, Quadri Allison was the one that got the touchdown plunge. Alvin Ridley was awesome. Who t- He's Brian it. Hill, man. Like,
6: two of the biggest fab running backs spent this year: Ty Johnson and Brian Hill. Hill. How yeah. has that worked out? Quite poorly. Not great, Greg. You know, we just talked about we just spoke about Jared Cook, Greg, and on the network here collectively, one person in particular, used to call Jared Cook Bigfoot. Yeah, The Atlanta Falcons are now the Bigfoot team. That's what they are. When you expect them to show up most, they don't. That's ultimately who they are at this point against the Tampa Bay Bucks secondary. Look, Calvin Ridley was great. He was awesome. 14 targets, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, it took a last-second, fourth-down touchdown throw from Matt Schaub to get in the end zone for him. But you love the 14 targets obviously. Julio Jones banged up, doesn't show up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Brutal game. Brian Hill I thought could bounce back in this spot. Nope. Quadri Allison, Matt Ryan Greg, 23 of 46. 50% completion percentage against the Tampa Bay Bucks. You and I could do better than that, Greg. Zero touchdowns, one interception. If you started Matt Ryan yesterday, you probably lost. He is the biggest loser in all of the his owners who started him break.
4: Chris Godwin, seven for 184. Ridiculous. Mike Evans, over 50. Go
5: grab the leg tonight! I hope!
2: In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to the Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're
3: on a search to find the greatest games of all time. Deep. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the three and O in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're gonna dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to games with names on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: What did I miss? What did I miss?
3: Here's what you missed on the BFFs.
6: While Ryan Tannehill has been very good for fantasy football purposes, this is a running football team, Greg. They want to play defense. They want to run the football. That's exactly what they do. So I think next year, he's probably a
4: second-round pick. Maybe a borderline first-round pick. But I feel like he should be that second-round pick. Yeah. Once again, nobody wants you're probably right. You're, you're going right. yeah. to look at Derrick Henry. I'm going to take Derrick Henry. But here's the thing. next year, Everyone's going to
6: say, oh, but regression, touchdown regression. There's no way he could score this many touchdowns. But here's the
4: thing. So last year when Derrick Henry broke out, finally the second half of the year, he wound up finishing with 1,059 yards and 12 touchdowns. He will break over that 1,059 mark next week in week 13. The touchdowns, 12 last year, he'll probably finish with around, let's say, 14 this year. What, where, what's the regression? He did the same thing last year that he's doing this year. He's in the prime of his career on a team that only runs the football. There's nothing wrong with Derrick Henry. It's a guy that you can feel confident in. Fine if it's not sexy. Fine if, you know, there's going to be some admittedly duds in, during the schedule. We can say that about anybody. Hell, Devontae Adams didn't have a touchdown until this week, as you just kindly noted. Derrick Henry, man, what a year.
6: Yeah, it's been a great season. Again, he loves playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you're right. I'm not saying that I'm going to be one of those people who's just screaming out, you know, regression, and you can't target Derrick Henry because he doesn't catch passes, Greg. In full PPR leagues, he is still the RB7 overall.
4: Here's the thing with Derrick Henry. He's a top 10 running back. Here's the thing. And he doesn't catch passes. There's only been three games all season. Three where he didn't score a touchdown. Three in one of those games. He ran 27 times for 100 yards. Okay, that's cool. Let's move on. Two duds. Two legit duds this year. You know what? No. One legit dud this year. Because, I'll well, make it two because he lost the fumble on that one. Two legit, legit duds. 16 for 75 against the Bucks, And then the real bad one, 15 for 28 against the Broncos. And I get it. There's no supplementing it because not catching any passes. So what you see is what you get. So that 27 for 100 it's exactly 10 points, right? Like, there's nothing, right, oh, I had an eight-yard catch, fine. So it's 11 points. There is no supplementary value there. But if your floor, for the most part, is 10 points, okay, we'll take it. You want it as your RB two? I understand the hesitation. I understand the trepidation. Derrick Henry's good, man. He's, he's a good running back.
6: He's ridiculous. Six foot three, 250 pounds. The guy is still just 25 years old. He has the pedigree, Greg. He was a great player in college as well. And the explosiveness, you know, as a player that big, he's built like a linebacker, but he moves like a running back, which is crazy. You don't normally see that type of combination of skill set in one player, specifically a running back. So I'm with you, man. It's hard to argue against him at this point.